0: Welcome to the Get Writing Radio Show. Two-time published author, speaker, and ghostwriter Karen Rowe will help you get that book out of your head and into your reader's hands. Get ready. It's time to get writing. Welcome to Get Writing, the podcast for authors, speakers, and entrepreneurs who want to get their books written and published with speed and ease. I am your host, Karen Rowe. On tonight's podcast, I am thrilled to be welcoming Kara Derringer. Kara is the author of Chill, Creating Happiness in Life and Love, which is being released on Monday, October 26th. With her master's degree in conflict management, Kara mediates, facilitates, and coaches she has worked in the public, private, and nonprofit sectors and in organizational, community, court, and family situations. She designs and instructs courses at the University of Alberta, McEwen University, and Concordia University College of Alberta. Kara is part of the Evolutionary Business Council community and founder of both the People for People Conference and the Holistic Chamber of Commerce in Edmonton, Alberta. So she's a fellow Canadian. I'm excited to be speaking with her. Thank you for joining us, Kara and welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks for having me, Karen. It's exciting to be here.
0: okay, so let's start with talking about your book, Chill, So I know sure. that it's about being more and doing more with more peace of mind and I know that you um have got some great tips on being present and powerful and passionate what I'm always really interested to hear about is how that pertains to authors and to the, to the writing process. So I know that I'm often, at the start of a book project, very powerful and passionate and present, and that sometimes wanes. So how do we keep that throughout the book process um, and while we're
1: writing? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like anything, whether you're um, cleaning the basement or writing a book, <laughs> we always start <laughs> with with vigor and passion. <laughs> um, right. I think for me one of the you know, one of the key pieces was right at the outset. I, I did hire a coach. And um, you know, even just to be accountable to someone, um, and to have phone conversations to talk about what I was dealing with, um, deadlines, um, the process, that that was really helpful for me.
0: Okay, great. And how long did it take you to write the book?
1: So it took a year. So I started writing in the summer of 2014, and I was wrapping up the process in um, in. The summer of two thousand and fifteen now that being said, when I first started, <laughs> I had an idea that I was going to write the book in about six months so um oh right. so it, it did it so did it, take it did take me longer than i than I intended, and that was okay yeah okay
0: and so what what are the what were some of the things why did it take you longer uh was it a partly and like maybe an unrealistic de- deadline or were there time pressures or things that came up what 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 kind of had had it take a year instead of six months, Mhm,
1: yeah, it's a good question, well, frankly, I think there were definitely days, weeks, and months where I was avoiding it, so I just you know i wasn't <laughs> I wasn't setting aside the time that I needed to write, and um you know, and i even I share in my book actually that at one point I realized that I was waiting for the perfect time. Like I said to my dad in a telephone conversation, you know what, dad, I think I'm waiting for the night when, you know, the kids are asleep and, you know, and the fire is burning and the house is clean and, you know, and I'm like, you know what, I've I've just done my 20 minute workout and I'm having a glass of wine and, you know, like I had this unrealistic idea of what writing time was going to be. And I think there's a lot of things in life, like we expect there to be a perfect time, and there is not a perfect time.
0: That's great. I love it. It's true. We all have this, you know, I certainly grew up with this romantic notion of writing. um, Yeah. Have I had moments like that? Absolutely. I've had moments with the crackling fire and the glass of wine, and it's, you know, there's no one interrupting me or anything like that. I mean, I've definitely had that, but I've had just those are few and far between. Those are the exception in my experience. (laughs) Um yeah. but most of the time I'm, you know, up against a deadline and I'm grinding it out and I'm doing it because I said I would and I have to and you know, um and mm-hmm. it's quite stressful. So I I get that. That's yeah. that, that's really great. So yeah. if you're listening yeah. and you know you're you're either writing your book and it's and you're stuck and it's not going well, um, you know, take a look at that. Are you waiting for the perfect time to write your book and Kara's absolutely right. There really is never going to be a perfect time. And I would, of course say, you know, this isn't just with writing, but with anything, right? Like really the perfect time is right now. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Um,
1: mm-hmm. well, and, and you know, know what it took, talking- Karen? Oh, sorry. Go, go, no, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say when it, you know, I'm just thinking of an example of, of what it took. And, and there was, you know, there were times where I actually had to be creative. So, my mom and I took um my daughter and my son to Mexico over the the holiday break. And you know what what I actually did was took my laptop and was I was writing in the lobby in Mexico while my kids were in the kids program. And it worked fine. Like I was happy to write for a couple of hours. They were happy to be in the kids program. And you know and there were people actually there who said, "Are you working? Like are you crazy?" And I said, you know what? This is great. You know, this works. So I think yeah. it is also about just being creative, right? And and what seems like from the outside might not work. You know, in other people's eyes, it might work for you.
0: Yeah. So you know, be creative. Find what works. Um, that's great. And I, I get I get that. I mean, some people might think it's crazy working. In Mexico, other people might think that that's a beautiful scenario as you look out over the beach and, you know, there's yeah. a nice breeze. And also, it's a couple of hours, right? So sometimes right. that's almost, in you know, the whole law of diminishing um, r- return is like sometimes I'll get more productivity and creativity and, and workable content down in two hours of writing than if I've been sitting in front of my computer, you know, all day trying to just, Mm-hmm. need a word deadline, right? So, I love that. Yeah. Um and I yeah. know, I know you mentioned something when you we were speaking um earlier about um you were dating someone who started telling everyone that you were writing a book and that really worked for you.
1: Mhm. Yeah, so um you know, one of the things that worked for me too was just um was actually starting to tell people uh that I was writing a book. So, it started with telling um the gentleman I was dating at the time and then and then he started sharing it with people he knew, which, which actually encouraged me to look at, why am I not telling more people? Like, why is he mm-hmm. so enthusiastic and supportive and I'm holding back? So that was, you know, that was something that was helpful. And then I did actually start telling more and more people, oh, I'm writing a book. Um, I didn't tell everyone. I mean, there was a point where, you know, it was, the book was going through the editing process and I was starting to tell more and more people and people said, you've been writing a book? Like, <laughs> when did you do that? So for some people, it was a surprise. Um, so, yeah, it was a balance for me telling some people and, and not telling others.
0: And what had you decide who you sh- were going to share with and who you were going to not share with? Was there anything around that or was it just mm-hmm. people you happened to run into and have conversations with or...
1: Yeah, uh, I think it was intuition. You know, when it yeah. when it honestly when it felt right. Um, mm. You know, um, and and it tended to be with people who um, who I knew would um, support me in a good way, like who would yeah. not push me or um, or who would not. Um, you know, sometimes there could even be jealousy. In a professional circle, mm. so mm. you know, I tended mm-hmm. not to share with people where I I felt there might be a bit of jealousy. Um, mm. yeah, it was yeah, just whatever felt good. Yeah,
0: yeah, and and we talked about this as well that there's really two schools of thought about that. Um, I've heard people sure. say absolutely don't tell anyone until you've at least done the first draft and it's with the editor. Um, mm-hmm. and because that could that could damage your credibility if you're talking about it and then you never actually follow through with it and never actually publish your book. Um, Mm -hmm. And the other school of thought around it is that, um, you know, tell everyone and you do create that support system and there's that public accountability. Um, And I have done both.
1: (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. um, again,
0: it's find what's going to work for you. And yeah, um, if you are the type of person that really gets energy from sharing with other people, and have a supportive environment around you, then it might be, you know, really beneficial for you to share that. So, um,
1: mm-hmm. so that's mm-hmm. great. And I think now, having now the I, awareness too. Oh, sorry. Um, having no, the awareness uh, too around. So, if you are sharing, you know, um, mm-hmm. is it? Is it to look good, or is it to right. you know hope that other people will push you through it just or if you're not sharing you know what's holding you back so again with along with that that idea of there's no right answer, there's no right answer, and do what feels good and also have that inner awareness of why am I doing it this way or why am I not doing it that way and i do do I maybe wanna share a little bit more or do I maybe wanna share yeah. a little bit less and just constantly yeah. adjusting?
0: really great and I know that that you talk about this in your book this exact idea of letting it flow so it's really mm-hmm. balancing your intention with flow so you're not expecting things to fall from the sky you know and you are taking yeah. action right you're actually writing but you're also not pushing forcing so um mm-hmm. and you know you're you talk about following intuition and noticing signs and being open to messages which I think works in the in the book world as well I mean I've if if you're listening and you're wondering, you know, you've been getting messages or signs that, you know, you should write a book or it's time to write your book, then, then listen to those. And, um, you know, without pushing or forcing. So be open to mm-hmm. um, what comes out of that.
1: Yeah, for sure. And not being attached to a certain idea. So sometimes I think when it's not, when things are not flowing, it may be because we're attached to because um, we're attached to having a certain ghost writer or we're yeah. attached to having a ghost writer. And maybe we're, maybe, maybe we're actually meant to write our own book or maybe we right. think that we're supposed to write the book, but really we could just hire a ghost writer like you and, you mm-hmm. know, and, the, and the book would unfold beautifully. So yeah. Yeah. And I would
0: say the same with content actually, because I've, sat down a dozen, hundreds of times to write something more more specifically with blog posts, but I'll often sit down to think I'm writing one blog post and something completely different
1: shows Mm -hmm. up on the
0: page. And so I never question that. And if I try and force, oh, no, but I want to write about this one thing, that's where I get stuck and the writing is not good. And it's, you know, and so I just am happy with, I mean, I'm really just happy with output and content, but I would say the same thing, like being attached to a certain Mm -hmm. idea and I've had lots of books um, with my clients who have changed direction, right, because, uh, you know, especially in their businesses, they can have a pivot in their business or their target market can change, all of which could impact the book content, right, or, you know, there's a different aspect um, or they just get clearer about, you know, what their message is and, and what who they're helping and so that's all that's all part of really letting it flow. And, you know, and I I say this a lot as well, um, with with the writing process, that is the time where you don't wanna be overthinking that you just wanna let it flow and whatever shows up is gonna show up. And if you're trying to your inner editor is trying to critique everything that you write, that's a surefire way to basically block the creativity. So I love that mm-hmm. about your message. Um, and what, mm-hmm. what are some of the other, you know, I know that that was one chapter. What was one of the other things that you talk about? Uh, so, for example, with writer's block or where, when we do get stuck, what's the, what are some of the things we can do? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, well, I think, you know, a big thing for me, too, has been around emotions. So managing my emotions and, you know, that's chapter two of the book. So there, mm. there's no accident that there's a parallel around you know, how do you do right. life well and how do you write a book well? So I think managing right. emotions is, is a big one for sure.
0: Yeah, right. And I mean, writing a book is very emotional whether or not you you realize it or, or acknowledge it or not. I mean, yeah. um, you're writing content that's very close and very near and dear to your heart and you know, with some of my clients, they're they're writing this has been their life's mission or their businesses their whole life, right? So their message
1: mm-hmm. is what they're
0: putting down on the paper. So it is very yep. emotional and they're scared about sharing it and what if I look bad and what if my mom reads this or my husband or whatever it is. And mm-hmm. that, all that stuff,
1: all that stuff
0: will keep you in your head and keep you blocked from your creativity.
1: Yeah, I agree for sure. Yep. yep. And it's, you know, emotions are funny because um, their emotions really only last 90 seconds. And we make out, we make out in life that they last like hours or days or weeks Mm -hmm. or years. And so, you know, one of the things that I'm continually working on, you know, through the writing process and in my life is, when an emotion pops up, and it it can be positive or negative, because even positive emotions can block our productivity, right?
0: So oh, really? just
1: know, yeah, yeah. Like if you're you know overjoyed, that could actually lead to distraction and procrastination. So we have mm-hmm. this idea too that positive emotions fuel us. So I think it's really just acknowledging. You know, that emotions are normal. Just like you said, it's an emotional process. There are going to be emotions that pop up and not getting stuck in them. So, you know, there may even be mm-hmm. a temptation like, oh, I need counseling to get through <sighs> this process, or, you know, I need this, or I need that, or it's not the right time. Well, you know, it, it is the right time, and it's an emotion. It'll last 90 seconds, and then go back to writing.
0: <laughs> well, and you know, as a goal-oriented Goal. person in me, like, I would set a timer. You've got 90 seconds to be in whatever emotion this is, <laughs> and then it's time for you to move on. So I love that. So for the yeah. listeners just tuning in, I am speaking with Kara Derringer, passionate about inciting people to create an exceptional life. She's the author of Chill, Creating Happiness in Life and Love, Being released on Monday, October 26th, we're talking about how we can relate her philosophy to writing. Um, Kara has a master's degree in conflict management. She mediates, facilitates, and coaches, and has worked in the public, private, and nonprofit sectors and in organizational, community, court, and family situations. She designs and instructs courses at the University of Alberta, McEwen University, and Concordia University College of Alberta. So as an author, coach, and trainer, trainer Kara has a passion and commitment to support people in creating peace in their lives, and I don't know one writer that doesn't need more peace in their life. She believes that we can all have it all, and you can connect with her on Facebook and on Twitter, at K-A-R-A-D-E-R-I-N-G-E-R, and to get a copy of her book, Chill, go to karaderringer.com to find out more about the book. So karaderinge dot com, and you can find out all about the book, and uh, and sign up to get a, a copy of it for yourself. So, um, so can you um, maybe were there any mistakes, Kara, that you made, um, you know, during the writing process that you could, or maybe advice or tips that you could give a listener, perhaps to avoid um, while they're writing. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well I laugh because um it was it was so far for me from a perfect process and mm-hmm. one only wishes that it's gonna be a perfect process and I think if I could right. give one piece of advice it would be don't be afraid to make mistakes. I mean that's the same same in life is Yeah. that if we yeah. hold back, don't take action, expect things to be perfect, you know, then we're not moving forward and and um you know mistakes and failure it's what stops us from moving forward after what we call a mistake or what we think is a failure is the story that we create around it like we we create this whole big story and emotional drama and tell all our friends about you know our woes or the mistakes that we made or our epic failure and and you know what we're going to make them and it's like mm. okay what's next? <laughs> that didn't, yeah not yeah. work.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I love that. Um, so can you, I mean, you shared a little bit about your process and writing in Mexico and really just finding, finding what works and being creative with your time and your life and basically working with what you have in your case, you have kids. Um, so mm-hmm. were there other things like, were you writing daily? Do you, work better with big blocks of time or, or how did you find that you were the most creative? Cause we already figured out right. know, this romantic notion of the crackling fire doesn't always happen. So mm-hmm. how, how did you, cause you know, a year to write a book is really, is really a great and reasonable timeline. <laughs> so
1: mm-hmm. mm, thank you. Yeah. You know, it was, it was really a combination. So again, going with the philosophy, you know, Find out what works and do more of it. I found Mm -hmm. that, um, and also related to what you were talking about earlier, Karen, with finding your style, like letting it Mm -hmm. flow and finding your style. I found that it took me a while and a a number of months um, to find, to get my flow and to find my voice because it's my first book. I wasn't clear when I first started exactly what I wanted to say, what my writing style was. So it did take Mm. some time, and I did notice that during the bigger chunks of writing time, like in Mexico, another favorite place for me to write is in Vancouver. So I found that when I wrote in those bigger chunks of time, I really liked the the flavor of the writing. Now, that being said, Mm. it wasn't realistic for me to only work when I was away because I have, Mm -hmm. you know, other professional responsibilities and kids. So it was really a combination, you know, sometimes I was, you know the kids would go to bed at eight thirty I'd go do my twenty minute workout I'd do the dishes, and I'd write for an hour an hour and a half and then fall into bed <laughs> so,
0: mm-hmm. yeah,
1: combination yeah,
0: I got it um and so I know you have in your book a kind of a third part about um how how to chill and how to be more present and powerful. so can you share a little bit about
1: that yeah, so um. One Another chapter is around giving, and I think again that relates to the writing process not directly but indirectly. so in the sense of um, one of the things that I've found through the writing process is that it's really required me to create a professional community and um mm-hmm. you know and a support network around me around you know, reaching out to fellow authors for names of editors, um, reaching Mm -hmm. out to authors for pointers on social media, or, you know, I have really tapped into my existing network and the network I've been creating. So when I get to the, the give part, it's around giving first. So in order to, you know, begin to um to both nurture my existing network and create a new network I really needed to look at how can I give first where can I give you know how can I really nurture these relationships so it feels like a friendship and that we're in this mm. um Shonda yeah Shonda Parent talks about the cycle of reciprocity that we're in this relationship of of both of us giving um rather than me feeling like I'm tapping people on the shoulders in my network
0: really great Uh, And I totally agree with that, especially as writers because we spend a lot of our time alone and most of us are introverts and yet we do crave that connection, right? And um, if if you are stuck, it's really great to reach out to someone and say, you know, what have you done to get unstuck Or, or figure out, often it's figuring out why I'm stuck. Like there's a reason that the words aren't coming or that I'm that, you know, it's just not there's something there's something up, right? So having people around mm-hmm. me that can help me figure out what that is will keep me moving on. Um mm-hmm. so I I love that. And I also like that that you talk about taking care of yourself physically because uh for me in my first book that I only had eight weeks to write the first draft, that was supremely important because in order for me mm-hmm. to finish in eight weeks, I literally had to stop my entire life and just write. I Mm -hmm. think I wrote for 12 or 14 hours a day. I'd get up. I'd work from 8 in the morning until 10 at night. But, um, you know, I had some rules, and one of them was that at 3 p.m. every day, I had to go out and leave the house for at least an hour and Mm -hmm. um, do some sort of physical activity. And then, you know, I had little fun things with myself that like if I went for a walk I had to take a different path every day I couldn't take the same path mm-hmm. twice and that sort of thing but I did that Love for it. a couple of reasons number one my energy I noticed was waning right around like the most difficult time of my day was between mm-hmm. around three and four so that's like okay I'm not I'm I'm a vegetable like <laughs> I'm not getting anything yeah. done so I might as well go out and get some fresh air and, you know, just, and, and the, the other rule was that I couldn't think at all about the book while in that hour. Like I couldn't mm. be in my head about what am I going to do and stuff like that. Um, and then the other thing I did was I ordered some meals. Like I, there was a lady who did fresh home cooked meals and delivered them and we ordered groceries and had them delivered and stuff like that. Um, and before I started writing, I froze a bunch of meals and things like that, that I wasn't going out you know, and eating poorly or eating fast food because that affects my focus, right? So I mm-hmm. I made sure that I was eating really, really well um, during that time because I needed to to have the stamina to be able to write for for such a long long periods of time and and stay alert. So I love that part of your book about really taking care of yourself physically. And I know you talk about mm-hmm. emotional as well, but. Love love mm-hmm. that aspect, I think it's one that's overlooked often with writing um mm-hmm. that I found is is really important
1: and it ties into the giving piece too, so um it's around looking after ourselves, as you said, and also, I heard you say that you were reaching out and allowing mm-hmm. other people to give to you, so
0: mm. you know, I
1: think you know so many of us were you know we're always looking for ways to give, like we give, we give, we give and then the other side of giving is is allowing ourselves to receive and mm-hmm. um, and that is that's so important in the writing process in terms of you know a, a receiving from an editor and receiving from mm-hmm. a coach or receiving from a fellow author who's offering some tips um just really being open and receptive to to anything and everything that that may mm-hmm. support us in the process
0: Yeah, absolutely. And when I
1: first, my first book, I mean, I was just
0: terrified. I remember I was so scared Mm -hmm. that I wouldn't complete it, that I wouldn't follow through with it. And I really did reach out. There were a few, there was maybe one other author that I knew, but she was a prolific writer and was writing a book every two months or something or every three months or something.
1: And so I
0: reached out to her and she gave me some really great tips. I was a freelance writer at the time and I had a couple of seasoned editors that were, you know, journalists for the local newspaper and things like that and they had some great tips as well about writing on deadline and um, you know, just uh, just writing in general which and so that that's true. I reached out a lot to my community and and now, you know, what however many 8 years later, <laughs> 6 years later, I I'm happy to give whatever advice I can with other people as well because you know, it is, it's really just you and the computer screen. <laughs> so that can mm-hmm. be very, very daunting and very scary. So um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: so do you have, Kara, we've got about two minutes left or so. Do you have maybe, what's your, maybe your biggest tip for anyone listening today that may be thinking of, you know, writing their own book or is in the process of writing it? Like, what's maybe the number one thing that you learned
1: mm-hmm. throughout
0: the process of writing your book?
1: Sure. Well, I would say um, a few quick things, that there's no perfect time. Um, Take action. Yeah, take action. Um, Do, you know, look at what works. Look at what doesn't work. Do more of what works. Like I ended up Mm -hmm. hiring a second editor because I, you know, because I just wanted that extra assurance. So don't be afraid to take action, make a mistake, set, you know, be with the emotion for a short period of time, whether it's ninety seconds or a day, and get back into action and and, and take the next action and just get it done.
0: I love it. That's a quotable you know find out what works and do more of it um and take action you know give to others and reach out for support if you need it. I think those are all great tips, so Kara, thank you so much for your giving of your time and your your knowledge and expertise. It's been so lovely to have you here with us. Um, again, if you missed it, you can connect with Kara on Facebook and Twitter at Kara That's K-A-R-A-D-E-R-I-N-G-E-R. To get a copy of the book and find out more about it, go to karaderringer.com. Um, I can't wait to get a copy um, in my hands, Sarah, thank you for joining us. Uh, You can join us next week. We're here every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. I appreciate you listening. In the meantime, get busy and get writing.